Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We've got a wonderful new-to-me guest here today for Song of the Soul, thanks to a connection through Ellen Stanley, also known as Mother Banjo. She connected me with Katie Dahl's latest album, and we were off to the races. I especially connect with Katie's music because it is spirit-laden, rooted in a religious past that no longer fits for Katie, but which Katie still copes with through new lenses. Katie has been described as a songwriter and playwright whose work is as expansive as Lake Michigan and as deeply rooted in its rocky coastal bluffs. And that fits for me. With many songs related to the wild natural spots I also love, Katie's music delves into some of the best places and hearts on earth and leads us on a profound journey. Because our visit went over time, you can listen to an additional eight minutes of my interview with Katie via the full uncut interview on northernspiritradio.org. Right now, Katie Dahl joins us via Zoom from Door County, Wisconsin. Katie, it's wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you very much. Tell our folks that are listening a a bit about Bailey's Harbor, where you are, about the wilds of northern Wisconsin, Door County. Let them know where we're talking to you from. I live in Door County, which is a collection of sort of small villages. I live in one called Bailey's Harbor. It's a peninsula sticks out into Lake Michigan. So lots of rocks and bluffs and farmland on the interior. And I live here because I have a long history here. So my my son, who's seven, is the will be the seventh generation of my family who has spent a big chunk of time in Door County or lived here their whole life. So that's why I live here, and it's a very sacred place to me, I guess you could say, and one of my favorite places too, and a great place to be an artist. You said it's a good place to be an artist. A lot of music around there too. There's a lot of music, and there are a lot of opportunities to play locally, partly because we're a big tourist destination. So in the sort of compressed tourist season, which would run maybe May through October, there are a lot of different businesses competing for the same dollars. So one way that they set themselves apart is by having live music. So until 2020, I played four to six nights a week in the summer and fall here in Door County. And I played a lot of restaurants and and wine bars and a lot of gigs that were like semi background music, semi, sometimes people, you know, were listening and sometimes they weren't. And I have moved myself out of that business. I'm trying to play only places where people are listening now. So that particular element of why it is such a great place to be an artist is no longer relevant to me. 
but still it is a community that really values the arts and it's a community that really puts its money where its mouth is when it comes to the arts. So I have a lot of people who support me on a platform called Patreon, which is like a monthly subscription platform and various crowdfunding campaigns. Like I just think that people here understand that the arts cost money. So in that way, I've been able to make a living in a way that even though I'm far away from many touring centers, I would say that it's easier for me to make a living here as a musician than it is for a lot of my musician friends who live in bigger urban areas. That's wonderful to hear. Well, let's get started with your Song of the Soul right away. What do you want to start out with? Let's start with I Already Knew. So you grew up already omniscient or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> so we want to start off with Already Knew. Why this one? It's off of your latest album uh, called Seven Stones. What's this one come from? The reason I suggested starting with this one is that I, I didn't think this when I was writing it. But as I've sort of lived with it and gotten feedback from this song, I wrote it in 2020, I have heard a number of people say, I think this is sort of a theological statement, you know, like this is a, a statement of a personal theology. As I sort of lived with that, as I've sung it and thought, oh, I, I can really see that it is. I wrote it at, at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. I started writing it. I was stuck in Europe when I, I got to Europe March like 12th, 2020 to start my first ever European tour. I arrived with 200 CDs in my suitcase to sell at these various gigs. And I woke up the very first morning, got to Amsterdam, woke up to a cascade of text saying, you got to get home. And basically the world had shut down the night before while I was sleeping. So I spent five days trying to get home and living in a more and more deserted hotel in Amsterdam. And that's where I started writing this song. So this song really came out of realizing in a time of crisis, I think that there is a lot that you quote unquote learn that in fact, in this case, wasn't news to me at all. Like I already knew it, but I was relearning what I already knew. So that's where this song comes from. The songs I already knew. It's by Katie Dahl, her website, katiedahlmusic.com. It's from her latest album, Seven Stones. I already knew. I'm learning what I already knew. I don't get to choose when or how or why or who. Aspens quake and bodies break. And I could too I could too I already knew The in and out is all we get to keep Nose to throat to lung to heart To blood to rosy cheek go by in minutes the hours last a week the in and out is all we keep we all gotta wash in the stream not one of us is pure not one of us is clean Everyone's a holy dream A holy dream Washed in the stream 
Katie Dahl is with us today for Song of the Soul. Katie is K-A-T-I-E, and that's particularly important because her website is katiedahlmusic.com. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. And I already knew was the song. As soon as I heard that song, I had to check and see if we have this commonality. This past year was my third year of maple syruping. I did 29 gallons of maple syrup. Like your your output was 29 gallons? 29 gallons, Wow. How many gallons of sap must that have been? Do you know? Yeah, the thousand or whatever it is. Yeah, it was a lot of work. So do you do maple syruping or do you just watch it? Well, I mainly watch it. My husband, Rich, does the syrup work in our family. But sometimes I'm drafted into dumping the sap buckets into the big barrels or whatever. But I'm, I mainly function as the consumer of the syrup. I wanted to ask you some things about the theology. I mean, the first line, I'm learning what I already knew. Tell me what that means to you. What it meant to me at the time that I was writing it, which is not necessarily how it feels to me every time, but when I was writing it, I was remembering as COVID was sort of really hitting, I was realizing how little control I have over anything. And I already knew that, but it was really hitting home. And similarly, like the second verse starts, the in and out is all we get to keep, you know, that I know that the present moment is what we have. And I knew that, but there is something about a worldwide health crisis that helps me learn it again, you know. And I would say that that's true about the third verse too, which is we all got to wash in the stream. Not one of us is pure. Not one of us is clean. Every one of us is pure. Everyone's a holy dream. And I think that's so that the paradox of, especially in COVID, we were all precious. It was clear to me how precious we all were. And it was clear to me that we were all deeply dangerous to each other at any given time. We might not know it, you know? Um, (laughs) So I was learning that too. So I guess that's what I meant by learning what I already knew. There are echoes I hear through your music 
you said you grew up in Minnesota, so maybe you were connected with or influenced by Sarah Thompson. Do you know who Sarah Thompson is? I do, and I've heard Sarah Thompson sing, but I don't know her music well at all. Her first albums in particular are going to echo with some of the music that you've shared over your five albums. So I want to encourage you to, and for my Spirit in Action program, I use her rendition of a song as the theme music for my program. I have a feeling that you are deep soul sisters, and uh, I really think connecting would be very rich for you. Yeah, that's a good point. I will recheck her out. She is, of course, linked on my site, and I've interviewed her a couple times, and I keep up with her regularly. But let's go on to another song from Katie Dahl. Let's go to Anna Lee. And who's Anna Lee? Is Anna Lee a human or a bird? <laughs> I sometimes wonder. Or is Anna Lee a, a spiritual figure? Good question. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably going to be convenient for our listeners for Song of the Soul for you to talk a little bit about your spiritual journey because there's spirituality coursing through so much of what you write and what you're sharing here today. And I think that you've got strong religious roots that are still coursing through your spirit. Very much so. So I grew up in the Baptist church, the Swedish sort of northern version of the Baptist church, which is different than the Southern Baptist that more people know about, but still quite conservative in its own sort of stoic northern European way. My dad was a Baptist pastor. My mom is a retired Baptist seminary professor, turned Lutheran seminary professor. My grandpa was a Baptist pastor, quite prominent in the Minnesota Baptist Conference. And my I have a lot of aunts and uncles, like three of whom are Baptist pastors and one of the Baptist church camp director and Baptist missionary to Brazil. So just Baptist, Baptist, Baptist. And I grew up really steeped in that world and loved a lot of about it, loved the music and loved the ritual and loved the story of Jesus too. the what I saw as Christ-like principles. I had a, a very socially conscious, progressive mom who was always voting Democratic in the midst of this. Um, but but she also took me to these churches where I, I suspect a lot of the people were not voting in that direction. So I was always I always had this push and pull in the way that I perceive society and cultural directives as explained by the church. And my mom's a questioner and a question lover, not a person who's afraid of questions. When I was in high school, though, I really had sort of a crisis because I was learning about Islam in high school, and I started to think about how they were all supposed to go to hell, according to my teachings, and that did that made so little sense to me. And, and I had a teacher, a history teacher, who was very... She was teaching us about Islam. She had a, a Islam-centered world history class, which was very cool in high school. And she invited me to play as part of my woodwind quintet, I think, at her Lutheran church where she was the choir director. And I was, oh my gosh, who, Mrs. Miller, like, I went to her class after school one day and I said, can I talk to you? I'm confused. Like, you're a choir director at this Lutheran church, but you're teaching us all in this very respectful way about Islam. And, you know, do you think they're all going to hell? And she said, no, I really don't think that. And that was such a gift to me to see that some sort of religiosity could coexist with a less vindictive theology, I guess. And that was sort of the start of opening my mind up. And I, in college, I, I went to Carleton College in Southern Minnesota. 
at Carleton, I was thrown into a very, it's a, it's a sort of militantly secular world at Carleton. It's, it's a culture that I found to be quite skeptical of religion. And I found that stressful as a person who I had always been on the left of my environment. And I was unaccustomed to feeling in defense of the religious people who I knew and loved in my world. Like I was confused to arrive at college and feel sort of other in that way. Carleton had a thing where they had a different denomination or religion have church every Sunday at the Carleton Chapel. Like, so there was, I don't even know what there all was, but there was one that was a, a Quaker meeting. And I had heard about Quakerism being a religion that was, or a denomination that was concerned with there being that of God and everyone. And I had in fact been interested in going to Haverford College, which is a Quaker school. And so I was really intrigued by that. And I went to that and started attending then the, there's a vibrant Northfield friends meeting that I started going to. So that was sort of the next chapter of my life is learning, um, I mean, I didn't learn that much about Quakerism, I guess, because we didn't talk very much at those. It's <laughs> <at those laughs> kind of the Quaker way. <laughs> yeah, but I, um, but I learned a lot, by, you know, by osmosis. And then I studied with Parker Palmer. Do you know him? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, he's become a good friend of mine, and he was my professor at Carleton. So also have sort of further gotten interested in Quakerism from him. And all of that was leading up to Anna Lee, but... Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got distracted. Well, Anna Lee, I would say that the time from when I was 26 to the time that I was maybe 37, I'm 40 now, was really dominated by anxiety in a form that was that really impacted my life. Like, I think I would say I had a, had or have now a medicated anxiety disorder. It was really hard for me, and I it sort of shape-shifted and took different forms. And at the time that I wrote Anna Lee, certainly my life had changed in a huge way. I was struggling to balance a growing music career with the demands of young parenthood. And I started to feel like I was having these muscle ticks, like there was just electric current sort of running through me. That was not typical for me. And it was alarming. And I thought that I had MS. I thought I had ALS. I thought I had any number of problems. And I wrote Anna Lee after I, I went to have a massage. A friend gave me a massage and I felt so cared for, sort of like spiritually cared for. And I I loved that moment of respite and I was terrified of when it left me. And I also was thinking back to the obstetrician who had helped deliver my son who had a, real, a sort of traumatic birth. And she sat with me for a long time, which is not common for a doctor. And so I was thinking about these two women who had sort of offered me oases in the midst of really painful and stressful circumstances. And I think it's also using them as ways of seeing some sort of divinity. You know, I, I think that that feels a little elusive. I th um, sometimes I think we see divinity in other people. And this is that, I think. Well, all of that channeled together with Katie Dahl's song, Anna Lee. In the darkest hour of my darkest night, she's the one who kept the light. That's a secret I have never told her Sometimes still she comes to me Like wood smoke coming through the trees A wild bird behind my shoulder I don't know where she sleeps at night She is dark and wild and bright She is a chickadee she is a swallow I dare not turn around to see For fear she'll fly away from me I walk straight ahead 
abide with me Today for Song of the Soul, we have Abiding With Us, Katie Dahl. Her website, katiedahlmusic.com. Katie is K-A-T-I-E. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. That was her song, Anna Lee, from her album, Wildwood, released back in 2018. We do have the link to Katie Dahl on Norden Spirit Radio, just as we have for all of our guests from the past 19 years we've been doing this show both broadcast and podcast. You can find us either way. There's some 35 to 45 stations carrying our programs nationwide. You can track them down via our site, or maybe your station locally hasn't been carrying us. Maybe you want to talk to them and say, hey, come on. These are community radio stations, which are very special from my point of view, because they are local. They are volunteer run. They're not done for the riches of some national owner. And so please do support your local 
community radio station. You can support Northern Spirit Radio by advocating for us on your local station or by posting a comment to this program on our website or by making a donation. Katie already mentioned that Patreon is the platform she uses to support her work, and I hope you'll support her. Via our website, you can find out how to support Northern Spirit Radio. We depend on listeners, not on corporations and not on the government to support our work. So we're looking at you, kid. (laughs) Anyway, we just listened to Katie's song, Anna Lee, which I love the way that all of the images of the divine flow through and how they're wedded with the natural world. There are more birds and plants per square meter in your songs than almost anyone else. And I love that about them. It's part of what I think for me makes them especially deep. Let's go to some more music from Katie Dahl. Let's do sacristy. Now, I've already mentioned I grew up Catholic and sacristy. I hear the word I'm saying, okay, Catholic, but do you have some Catholic bones in your body somewhere? Nope. I have no Catholic cartilage bones of any kind. I am all Baptist all the way by birth. But as I was writing the song, that's the imagery that came out. There's just such potent imagery in Catholic traditions in a way that, you know, like if in Baptist churches, we use like wheat thins and grape juice for communion. You know what I mean? Like there's something about like, you need some wine in that song. (laughs) And to foreshadow a little bit of what people will be hearing in this song, there's this dancing with the edge of the illicit, the immoral, the questionable, whatever. Even though you arrive that you're a dove and the other person is the apple, even though you arrive at that point, which is pretty good, right? I still have the sense that there was fear in you and maybe a metaphorical you about doing something not quite holy enough in the sacristy. Absolutely. I am a bisexual person and I have spent a lot of time sort of learning what that means for me as I live my life in a monogamous partnership with uh, that appears to be straight. You know, I I live with a man and I am a woman and all that is fine and good. But before I started dating him, I dated women mainly and I was learning about my, my sexuality and quite aware We were obsessed with sexuality in the Baptist church in the 90s. I mean, we talked about sex way more than we talked about Jesus. And Ellen DeGeneres had just come out and there was a lot of rumblings of homosexual whatever that people were worried about. And I remember my youth pastor saying to us in seventh grade, I hate gay people. Oh, no. Yes. And his girlfriend said, well, Jake, you, you're not, you shouldn't hate people. And he said, well, I can't help it. I just, I just hate them. I'm, you know, and there was a lot of talk at our church camp about AIDS was a curse on the gays and that, you know, they're just constant messages about how bad that was. And I think it took me a long time to come out to myself in part because there was no room for that. You know, that it was it was just so it became clear at Carlton. I went to see a acapella group sing actually in the chapel. That's an image that comes up on my new album, though not in any of the songs I chose. When I heard this woman sing and I saw her, I thought like, I mean, I feel attracted to her. Like that's what that is. You know, I and I didn't know what that feeling was. And suddenly I I knew what that feeling was and I thought, well that I'm not supposed to have that feeling. So I feel kind of in the middle of a few worlds. Like I've got all this history telling me don't be gay don't be gay don't be gay and then i kind of overcame that and i came out and i had relationships with women and then when i got together with a man suddenly i was not gay enough not gay enough not gay enough from a different 
you know, from this community that I had built and I'm still struggling. I feel like this is a story of my life that I, I end up in the middle of different constituencies and I can see both sides and it's hard to not feel fully a part of one group or another. But that's, that's where sacristy comes from is from the earlier part of my life. And I now know that especially one other of my friends in the youth group was gay, but we did not talk about that. And I didn't realize that about him at the time. It's not that I, I didn't have any conscious glimmer of that. You know, I may have had some subconscious knowings about that, but nothing conscious. And when we saw each other in college, because he went to St. Olaf across town and he came to a party and he said, Katie, it's Paul. And I was like, Paul, Paul, who? oh my gosh, Paul. Paul was suddenly, you know, like he seemed about 14 feet taller than he had seemed in high school and just like, you know, fully himself in this way that I had never seen. And I, Sacristy is imagining what if he and I or, or any other kids in that group who were queer had had some space and grace to talk about that with each other. It's a great lead-in to Sacristy by Katie Dahl. When the Benedict bells ring Did they make you think of me? You and me inside the sacristy With the wafers and the wine My blood pumping like the organ Holding Bibles in our hands And you, the Canaan land Forbidden and fine When I hear the bells of St. Jude They make me think of you all the pretty birds that flew from your mouth into mine My swallows almost set to singing Sparrows almost took to wing But if they knew anything It's that God's eyes were on them all the time You said the red velvet played with the quarters Let's take them We'll build ourselves a house on the hill We can draw the holy water Water from our own well In the hollers and the badlands In the missionary van You dressed up in your sunburn I hid under mine And in the Father taught us how to pray For all the soul sick and the sinners You grinned at me, he said That's you and I And you said the red velvet played with the quarters Let's take We'll build ourselves a house on the hill Wine, but really you, you were an apple 
me I was a dove eating manna from above I guess you knew that all the time You know the red velvet played with the quarters I took them I built myself a house on the hill Before I knew the song Sacristy by Katie Dahl, I used to think she was a good person, but hearing that she stole money from the velvet plate makes me think that she's really bound for hell. (laughs) Okay, obviously I don't believe that, but Katie Dahl does include that in that song. Where did that come from? Did You know... That came from a place of wanting of what I did as I was writing this song was sort of at first I had just the image of the house on the hill, just how sacred, like I have this really clear image of it in sort of a late summer light, you know, kind of like the credits of Little House on the Prairie or something, you know, they're just like beautiful flowing grasses and just this like old farmhouse on the hill. And I really wanted to contrast that in my mind with the sort of really also potent images of a religious growing up. And so the offering plate just seemed like a potent Rich, if you might say. (laughs) (laughs) And folks, again, that's from Katie's latest album. Last year, I think it was released, Seven Stones, and you want to check that out. A lot of other good songs on there. We've got a few of them here today, but there's a lot more that we won't have. So please check them out online, anywhere that you get your music. I'm going to keep us moving along on your Song of the Soul because I want to get all the music in. I think that we should do Both Doors Open. I have to say, Both Doors Open has this dark vibe, has this dark channeling, and not necessarily dark, but at least mysterious. It's maybe some ominous in it. Where does it come from for you? Well, I wrote it just before I went into the studio to make this record, and my dad had just died. So um, he died about six weeks before I started recording. And I got a text from my friend Peter Mulvey, who's a songwriter. It was my son's birthday. And he said, so sorry to hear about your dad and happy birthday to the young tyrant. Life at both ends of the hallway. And I love that notion of life as a hallway that that's where the this image of both doors open, you know, that there's just a hall and there's doors on either side comes from. Let's let the song tell it to us. Both doors open. I have a son who almost died, had a dad who did. Both times what was crazy was the way the lights stayed lit. How my breath kept on coming while I was listening for him There inside the corridor wrapped in my mother's shawl Pictures of the dogs and kids and grandpas on the wall I felt something stirring 
experienced another side of Katie Dahl with that song, Both Doors Open, both her father's death, her son's youth, still growing up. He's, what, seven now, I think. The Both Doors Open on the other ends of life make me also think that your thinking has long evolved since 20-plus years ago when I would imagine you primarily identified as Baptist. Maybe you still do have some—you said a lot of your bones and cartilage are Baptist— Life and death, they mean different things to you now, I think, than growing up, perhaps. But I want your words, not mine. I would say when I was 16 is, is I think, a demarcation point when I stopped believing that people were going to hell. And at any rate, I had been taught that if I ever accepted Jesus into my heart, you couldn't take it back. So I feel like by my evangelical standards, I'm saved no matter what. <laughs> you know, like if that's the mark or the criterion we're going by, I'm fine. But it's not, it's not how I think about things anymore. And I think what I have really come to feel is that 
I feel death with me all the time. And I, I feel very aware that life is short and could be gone any at any moment. And I, I mean, to a fault, I wish that I could sort of just feel more peacefully alive. Sometimes I think I'm, I'm a little preoccupied with the way that it will all end. So I think both doors open in some ways is about life and death. And it's also in some ways about wanting life to be a little more risky than I have had it be before, you know, wanting to, what if I take too many risks or what if I don't take enough risks? I think that song is sort of examining. Well, speaking of risks that you took and that you maybe need to take again, COVID landed right as you started your European trip, you know, your first day on the continent and poof, time to go back home, young woman. Are you scheduling another trip? Believe it or not, I leave September 14th for a 10-day tour of, of Germany. I've rescheduled a lot of the dates that my friend Hope, I, I was touring in 2020 and again this year with my friend Hope Dunbar, who's a great songwriter. So we are doing a 10-day run of Germany. And then I've started leading these fan tours to Scotland that are like Katie Doll hangouts while we see Scotland. Uh, and so I'm doing two of those in a row. So I'll be in, in Europe five weeks, actually, total in September and October in Germany and then these two Scotland trips. Are you taking your son with you? No, I'm not. And I'm gonna, it's going to be the longest I've ever been away from him. Oh, my goodness. That's hard. That That's is hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad that Europe has the opportunity to be with you, hear your music, have your spirit present. And uh, I can only imagine it'll be more precious, that reunion with your son when you get back. Yeah. Let's go on to more music. We've got a couple more to get in. What should we share now? Well, let's do tapestry. That's kind of on the same topic we were just talking about, about the impermanence of life. That's, I think, the heart of tapestry. Of course, anybody who's a folk music aficionado like I am, tapestry forever belongs to Carol King. And you put this out on your third album, Ordinary Band. Have you always been this nervy? Nervy? <laughs> to, to steal a title from Carol King, you mean? <laughs> You know, it, it occurs to me that I've stolen two because a musical I wrote has a title, a song called Home Again. That's another Carol King song title. So I, I guess I have. I'm just a, a brave kid. <laughs> well, I'm, it's great that she's got you as a progeny working out from yeah. her. A tapestry in this case, one of the things that makes it particularly beautiful is the chorus portion of it. The first couple times through, you're doing it with your own voice just. But at the end, the last time through, you're doing it with all these other voices joining you in. And I just, I'm not sure exactly why, but it brings me to tears. The joining of those voices with yours. Who is that? And are these just your best buddies or is Anna Lee singing along? I don't know. <laughs> I should go look at who all it is. But it was a lot of people, including like everyone who was on the record in some other fashion, like my friend Claudia in California, who sang harmony on some songs, I just had her quick put down a part on this and or her husband who recorded her harmonies, he put down a part or, you know, my guitar player, my husband, my I just I don't even remember who all but a lot of people sang those will you stays. And in shows, that's how I perform this song is as a sing along, I have everyone sing on those choruses. And it, it feels really good. I, I think there is something universal about the words are, oh, my love, will you stay? And we all have different loves. And uh, many of them are human and not all of them are. But I do think that it's it's what makes it bearable that we lose everything is that everyone loses everything. <laughs> everything. So to sort of come into community in that is a beautiful thing. Breathe deeply, folks. And let's listen to Katie Dahl sing Tapestry. Mm -hmm. 
Why do you ask when I am so young? How I believe my days will run? Well, I can tell you, I'm afraid of all the dark I see. The way folks fall before their time. The way coyotes call at the tree line. The way things are. And the way they cease to be. Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love. Summer heat, the wooden bed. September wheat, the village dead. All the kindness in the kitchens and the corner store. How you whistle in the yard, all the thistle and the chard. You fly as fast as children out the door. Oh, my love, will you stay? Could ask me when I'm old, how do you turn the days to gold? How do you make a friend of time as he goes walking by? Well, looking back, it's hard to say just how day leads on to day. I can tell you how the light looks in July. Falls from her eyes when the light falls from the sky. When the wind leaves all that summer spread across the lawn, maybe the lucky ones can see a bright and ragged tapestry. How it hangs there in the air, just like smoke or like a prayer. The way it shines, the way that it is gone. Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love, will you stay? Oh, my love, oh, my love, will you stay? Oh
That song is Tapestry. It's from Katie Dahl's album, Ordinary Band, released back in 2014. And it's exactly the kind of song that I tell you, she's got more trees and animals per square meter than anyone else. There's chard and thistle and September wheat in there and on and on. There's so much growing through her songs, even as we look towards the end of our growing, as she does in that song. That's a long time ago, you know, nine, ten years ago or whatever you wrote that song. I've always been amazed by Carol King and her tapestry song. I don't know, what was she, 30, whatever, when she wrote that song? And <laughs> But of course, you know, Neil Young did Old Man. Yeah, right. Or Jackson Brown. These days, that's such a wise song. He wrote that when he was 16. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's wisdom flowing through us and connections through all ends, which is, of course, what you've been talking about in a couple of these songs, both doors. Yes. That we have access to a big hallway that we live in. Uh, Let's do one more song so I can fit it all in our broadcast. Again, our broadcast is 55 minutes, but podcast version can be the full whatever we stay here. And there's so much to talk about. So please remember to check out the full length uncut version on northernspiritradio.org. What's the last song? In the Dark. I wrote this song when I was pregnant in 2015, Christmas time. And, you know, it was a time that I was really realizing like that the Christmas season is about a pregnant woman in a lot of ways and just like what it is to be harboring a life and wondering about the unknown. So, and, you know, it was the sort of storm clouds of the 2016 election season were gathering at that time. So I just felt a lot of darkness and and I started writing it in December, you know, which is such a time to really feel the dark, I think, and the light. So the dark and the light are such powerful images to me. And I'm sure that has to do with my Quaker period, but that's what I'm sort of exploring in this song. We're going to end with this song. It is, by the way, from Katie Dahl's album, Wildwood, released in 2016. In the Dark is a song, and Katie, you are truly an emissary of the light in my experience, both with the music I've and just visiting with you today. I'm so happy. I do hope we'll have a chance to have you come by and share your music with folks up here in Eau Claire. I've got a guest room right back there. It's called the Dragon Room, and we have extra bedrooms, too. If you want to bring your husband and son and whoever else you need, we'll have to have a visit here. I'd love to see you. I love that. A reminder, Katie Dahl's website is katiedahlmusic.com. You can find the link on northernspiritradio.org. Katie is K-A-T-I-E. Dahl is D-A-H-L. katiedahlmusic.com. Follow the link from northernspiritradio.org. Thanks so much for joining us, Katie, and thanks for blessing the world with your music. Thank you. Here it is, In the Dark, Katie Dahl. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. It's that time of year When it's hard to say What's being born again 
what is dying It's that time of year Brightest stars and the darkest days Woman heavy on a bed of straw The cattle crying In the dark Who brings the light In the dark Who brings the light Last night a white out snow My love stacking wood Sparks in an iron stove North Wisconsin Everything will never know A gut full of fear and good The blanket that my mother wove The life we've chosen In the dark Who brings the light In the dark Who brings Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.